and welcome to Barry Dunn's podcast, Healthcare Technology Insights. My name is Danny Burgess, and I'm a manager here with Barry Dunn. Healthcare Technology Insights is here to inform, to instruct, and to energize healthcare leaders. Our podcast will include healthcare professionals from all over the nation, and will bring key topics for discussion that have real impact on the healthcare industry. Why? At Barry Dunn, our mission is to help our clients create, grow, and retain value. We've designed Healthcare Technology Insights for you, the listener, to assist in doing just that. And now it is my pleasure to introduce my co-host and guest today, Dan Vogt, Principal with Barry Dunn. Dan oversees the Management Information Technology Consulting Practice Group's healthcare vertical. He has nearly 20 years of experience working with healthcare clients. He has extensive experience helping drive adoption of healthcare technology, make operational changes, and develop long-term technology strategy. Dan has earned certifications as a project management professional, a ProSci certified change practitioner, and is a certified scrum master. Dan, welcome to our podcast. Danny, thank you. I'm really, really excited to be here and excited to launch our inaugural episode. Well, it is great to have you here for sure. It's great to have you on board. And you've had a vision for a podcast for a little while now. So let's talk about why Healthcare Technology Insights is a must here. Yeah, Danny, thank you. This is something I've been personally interested in for a long time. Um, healthcare technology is a vast field. It's an important area. It's a topic that can bring about fantastic organizational change or a lot of insomnia. And we think it'd be great to hear from real-world leaders tackling healthcare technology initiatives in the trenches day-to-day advancing their missions. And that's kind of our vision is let's bring together uh, amazing leaders who have been in there, done that, tried that, and have the lessons learned to share with our audience and talk about things like how to advance forward electronic health record project how to bring yourself from maybe multiple EHRs to one single integrated electronic health record system, how to migrate from paper and old systems to new automated ways of doing things, how to bring about adoption and really get your physicians, your clinicians, your billers, your finance staff to go to that forward future looking vision you have and truly adopt the systems, how to manage privacy, security, and the threats that are coming at you every day. And really just bring about that innovation that we've all been seeking. So it's, it's, for me, it's truly about trying to hear from others and bring that experience to the masses. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to kind of bring guests on and, and really have some fun with this. Um, well, it's a bold vision, Dan. And I, I think, you know, we have the opportunity here to really make some, some significant change for a lot of our clients. Uh, you know, the bringing in guests to share their successes, their challenges, uh, the things that have worked well for them, you know, utilizing uh, change management principles, as you mentioned before, um, strategic thinking, you know, it, it's really, really important to get those real life challenges and insightful lessons learned. And we're going to bring guests here to talk about those things, to share those things and give you know, the listeners, exactly the kind of prescription that could work, you know, preparation, critical thinking, problem solving, I mean, all tools in the tool belts, that's really, really important to see success. I've always thought, you know, I've been in technology for 32 years, it has such great potential, you know, it can be an enabler of such wonderful success and efficiency gains, people, process and technology, let's not forget, this is not all about bits and bytes and computers by any stretch, but really, where can we make that impact? And we're bringing in folks to have that conversation and really make that impact for our audience. Very exciting. 
Yeah, Dan, I, 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 I couldn't echo that more. And I'm a huge believer in a peer network, right? I'm a huge believer in that when I talk with clients, when we evaluate systems, when we help people with technology strategies, establish a really strong peer network because sometimes the answer isn't with your technology vendor and, and sometimes not even with your, your excellent consultants. Sometimes it's with your peer hospital up the road who's been there and done that a little bit before you and maybe has the war wounds to show from it. And so I think those are some of the nuggets I want us to reach for in this podcast is, is pull that out, not just the successes, but man, you know, that, that, that didn't quite go as we expected, but here's what we learned from it. And, and practical, pragmatic and real world perspective is what I'm hoping we can find. Yeah, well, and I'm sure we will. I mean, we've got a pretty vast network here uh, and a lot of expertise even within Barry Dunn that we, we plan to tap into and bring uh, to fruition here. So really some exciting stuff coming forward for sure. And you know, that peer networking piece is so important. And you think about listening in on this podcast and starting to establish even a broader network simply by the guests that we're bringing on board and the opportunity to listen to their successes and, and some of their challenges. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, I think from a national, uh, regional, local level, we're, we're going to bring folks in from a, you know, a wide variety of opinion and expertise, which I think is really, really beneficial for the, for the listening audience. Um, your thoughts about, you know, where we're going in terms of, you know, a couple of guests here and there, you think? In terms of subjects and leaders and, and sort of what we're thinking about? Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and, and technology isn't just within the IT department. We aren't just seeking leaders out of, of the IT ranks, although we're going to have them because we do want to get, you know, geeky at times, right? But I do think we're going to be seeking perspective on what's it like to be maybe a CEO over a large change initiative. What was it like in the executive chair? We might have perspectives from clinical informatics and what's it like to build out a, a truly high functioning informatics team or what is the impact on a, on an organization if you have one? We might bring in guests from the finance ranks and say, hey, what was it like on the revenue cycle side of that journey? Um, Cyber is always in people's minds, so we could get some security professionals and, and truly geek out on what's it like with the threats that we're seeing and those that are emerging today. So I think it's ambitious, but I think, I think knowing the folks we know, we're going to reach wide and bring in different topics each time. Um, but the, the commonality will be picking people who have a good story to share and good insight to offer. I think that's what we're going to kind of pull from. So Absolutely. Love it. So when we start thinking about, you know, technology can speed things up. It's not always a good thing, right? When uh, accidents occur in healthcare and errors are made in healthcare, if technology is not deployed well, that could actually compound certain issues. So patient safety is another big area that I think we're going to, uh, you know, bring in some expertise at a national level to talk through, you know, what's being seen? What are the trends? And again, where, where's that technology insight and that path and that connection available to, to really make improvements? We, we uh, you know, do no harm, right? That's what we're talking about in healthcare all the time. And so, you know, real great opportunities there. Thanks for sharing those things. Um, I think with the, you know, 
clientele that we have planned to come on board here, uh, you're going to hear some bold predictions on where healthcare is going from subject matter experts. And speaking of going, you know, you and I are very excited to be joining other Barry Dunn team members at the HIMSS 2020 conference this year, starting uh, March 15th in Orlando, Florida. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about it because I know Barry Dunn uh, has been very involved with HIMSS and in fact, uh, cross paths with my previous um, engagement, if you will, uh, with you at, at several HIMSS scenarios uh, over the years. So talk to me about the importance of HIMSS, uh, why Barry Dunn participates so heavily and the value that, you know, we bring back to our clients. Yeah, we've been, you know, participating and, and members of HIMSS for, I think, going on over 20 years as a firm, both nationally and regionally, uh, in particular, the New England chapter with their headquarters in Maine. And, you know, HIMSS has been a tremendous, I think, partner and experience for us. I think between the education it offers, keeping track of the trends and what is emerging, what is being maybe predicted at times of huge regulatory change, bringing in, you know, groups like the Office of the National Coordinator and others to talk about, you know, what's coming next and what to be ready for. And then, as I, I, I mentioned earlier, the power of peers, just the opportunity to sit down casually at a, at a dinner or a cup of coffee or an exhibit booth and talk about what are people seeing, what are they doing, what are they learning, and be immersed in it. You know, I think that's one of you know, the powers of, of HIMSS. And then, frankly, all, contributing back, right? I know one of our colleagues, Clint Davies, has been a past president of the New England chapter and kind of contributed to that chapter's effort. I've participated in, for example, the uh, National Health IT Weeks down in Washington, D.C., and gone on the Hill and talked about important topics like telehealth and, you know, regulatory burdens to advancing technology and advancing healthcare through technology. So I've seen it in both directions from HIMS, what HIMS can offer for us as a firm, and then what we can contribute back in return. So, you know, I'm excited for HIMS 22. I think it's... Um, or 23, whatever it is in, in March year. Um, it's the first time at Canley I've gone since since before the pandemic. We've been on this unusual journey and, I, and I've missed it. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to Orlando and, and hopefully seeing a, a, a number of uh, uh, familiar faces. Even if, even if it's mask on and, and eyes up, I'll still see a lot of friends and colleagues. So. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, it, it will be interesting to see the turnout. Obviously, COVID is still here and working through that process. But the fact that we are bringing back, uh, you know, vendors and clients and, you know, lots of different um, aspects of healthcare under one roof again is a step in the right direction for sure. And that networking opportunity, you know, you, you can't say enough about that. Uh, we love to be able to see our, our, our friends and our colleagues face to face. And it's been a long time and, you know, it's way overdue at this particular point in time for sure. So, and in, in addition to the great networking opportunities, you know, we're always on the hunt for more information, right? We, we are in that constant learning mode and within the confines of this conference that's coming up specifically, you're going to see some of the latest, greatest innovation that's coming, right? Things that aren't ready yet, but are in process, in queue. Uh, and subject matter experts, again, from around the world that are offering their insights and their um, abilities and their educational learnings, if you will, from all the things that are happening in healthcare. And it's such a broad um, audience that goes there the clientele, 
you know, have a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to, to learn. And we're certainly eager to continue to do that as well. And your point about Barry Dunn sharing back, um, there's a tremendous amount of expertise right here under the Barry Dunn roof. And that giving back is, you know, equally important to, to all that we do. And I think, you know, Clint is an example and you being right there on the Hill is, you know, wonderful opportunities for that. And we'll continue to do that as we move forward. So um, anything else on the HIMSS front? Uh, I do want to mention to the audience that we will be at booth 3230, that's 3230, and certainly hope Hope that you will join us there, stop in at the booth, and uh, it'd be great to, to catch up face to face again. You know, the one other comment I'll say, Danny, on, on hymns is I, I'm going to be curious to see sort of the intersection that we might see at hymns between two phenomenons. One is the technological innovation that has been continuing to occur amongst the solution providers who are in the exhibit hall, right? Whether that's remote patient monitoring or telehealth or, or continued advancements in AI. So we have an innovation band kind of going on. At the same time, what lessons has that community at HIMS learned over the last two years of the pandemic, right? The, the genie has gotten out of the bottle on a lot of things finally, like telehealth and telemedicine and even just the patient's expectations have shifted, I think, living through the pandemic. And so where do those lessons learned converge with the innovation advancements at HIMSS? And what are we seeing maybe that looks or feels a little new, or maybe is the next generation thinking on something or the next set of features and functions that, that the vendors have figured out in the last two years? Like those, that, that convergence is, is going to be interesting to me. And that's something I'm going to be particularly paying attention to when we're there in March. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. It's amazing the amount of change that has occurred over the last couple of years. Um, certainly, the pandemic has sped things up in terms of adoption. But you know that the you know the the brightest out there are working to continue to push that. And is it AI and natural language processing and you know a convergence of technologies that ideally make it simpler to document the care that's given to tell the story and you know to to bring bring more efficiencies back into delivering healthcare, um, doing it safely and doing it efficiently. So. It's a great segue because one of our upcoming shows, we're going to be talking about the significant and swift adoption of telehealth over the past couple of years. Um, in, you know, there's a lot of lenses that you can look at this from, and you mentioned several of those. Provider adoption, three years ago versus two years ago, was a pretty different mindset amongst a lot of medical staff about whether telehealth was something that was needed or was it just another fancy thing that may be, may not be uh, in reality. Regulatory changes that have happened almost overnight and unprecedented. Payer reimbursement changes that happened incredibly quickly. Um, and then you mentioned it, most importantly, patient adoption, right? The patient's they're here now. They want this service and they want to kind of see it expand over time. So it's changed the healthcare delivery model. And will that change withstand the test of time? Uh, what lessons do we think we can take from an effort such as this rapid response to a situation and use that to benefit other initiatives? Dan, I'd love to hear any of the thoughts that you have regarding telemedicine and the telehealth expansion. Yeah, you know, 
It's interesting. I've thought a lot about this and, and telehealth is not amazing. It's not new. It's not a new concept. It's not a new topic. I've been going to telehealth initiatives for, I think over a decade, you know, um, what, what has always been the barrier in my opinion has been things not related to the technology per se. It's been regulatory bar- barriers. It's reimbursement barriers. It's adoption barriers of physician or patient, not thinking it's as good as not telehealth services, right? It, it's the non-technology related thing. The barriers. And so we've seen that shift dramatically. We've seen that barrier and burden shift dramatically with the, with the pandemic. Suddenly, almost overnight, physicians had to figure it out. Hospitals had to figure it out. Patients had to figure it out. Everyone had to figure it out because we couldn't go. We couldn't go someplace. But yeah, we still needed care. And largely, people figured out how to make something work. You know, whether that something was simple, like just pure Zoom or something to that effect, or is more sophisticated, like an embedded telehealth solution in your EHR system that launched from the patient portal or, or sort of everything in between, but everyone sort of figured something out and everyone learned something from it. Right. And every, including the patient, you know, myself included, right. I've done way more messaging on the portal with my provider over the last two years for non-urgent medical questions. And I think ever before, because it was convenient I could do it on my own time and I could get what I needed addressed. Right. And so I think everyone's learned, Hey, this actually works, but now we need to figure out how to fine tune it. And I think what we'll be entering in, in my prediction is sort of more the fine tuning and advancement stage of telehealth is kind of what I'm thinking. That, that's, that's sort of what I'm, I'm thinking on this, on this topic. Yeah. That's, that's pretty insightful. And I know um, the, Rapid adoption sometimes can leave some uh, burn marks in the ground. Uh, there were some lessons learned out of this for sure. And, um, you know, security immediately vaults to the top of mind with the, a rapid expansion into something that might not be quite necessarily built for what the, you know, what we were using it for uh, the wrong tool for the job. Um, but out of necessity, we did what we needed to do to deliver care safely. And so you take all of the lessons from that and where you can move forward and how you can fine tune. I really like that approach, thinking about what's the next step now? What's the evolution of this thing? The basics are there now. Now we do have all the security components in place that need to be there. And how do you make this more efficient? What does the patient want? A great opportunity for us to check in with the patients now and say, okay, this is, this is how we've been doing it over the, during the pandemic here. Um, at some point in time, we're beyond the pandemic. Telehealth does not go away. To your point, it's extremely efficient for a lot of things uh, and the most cost-effective way to do it from a societal perspective. So lots of uh, opportunity moving forward. And I think that taking those lessons and going forward with them is very, very important. So Dan, you mentioned earlier uh, the topic about informatics, and I'd like to get a few thoughts uh, from you on the subject. So you know, one of the thoughts I have certainly is that workflow is very, very important. Uh, full adoption requires you know, a streamlined workflow whenever possible. Possible. And then you think about 
data capture, you know, usage of the data, governance around that, being mindful about your strategy and op- your operations. It really becomes uh, a very, very important aspect of any of these implementations and usage of technology in healthcare. So what are your thoughts about informatics? You know, Danny, thank you for asking. You know, in my career, I've had the opportunity to see the difference between organizations who invest in informatics and those who have not, right? Those who have tried to kind of go go lean into that arena. And you can really see the difference. And I've often thought and I've often discussed with clients that you can pick a vendor with a really stellar, you know, reputation and brand in in the world, but implements it poorly and really have a, a, a less than desirable experience with your EHR journey. And then you can pick a vendor with, with a, frankly, a marginal reputation, but you implement it really, really well. And, and it goes great for your organization and for your, your clinicians and your, your team. And really implementing really well isn't just project management. It isn't just testing it, training to it, going live on time, on schedule. And it's not even just change management, getting your people to embrace the change and adopt what you want. But it really comes down to thinking, as you mentioned, your workflow, how you use the tool, embedding it into your, really your day-to-day operations and really you know, making it thrive. And I think informatics is really the heart of what I'm describing, right? That is the group that is that highly skilled wide angle view at your EHR system or whatever clinical technology or financial technology you're, you're choosing to implement. And that's the group that learns the system really well, can develop a trusted relationship with your colleagues, can ask inquisitive questions, at times even push back on a specialist, right? You know, a specialist has a, a new order set and a new idea they want to want to do. And, and the way they're conceiving of it may not be the best way to use the software. So sometimes it's asking probing questions, understanding what they're trying to achieve, designing it to be done best in the system and then convincing them that that is actually achieving what they're looking to do, you know? So informatics is a hard job, but a really important job. And, you know, a job that also requires having them keeping the end in mind, right? So it's not just about getting the data into the system, but it's how will we use that data and that information to serve our patients? How will we use that information to measure our outcomes? How will we use that information to assess our quality or our patient safety. You know, so I think informatics sometimes is that glue, that in-between, between the technology you purchased and you invested and the provider who's at the bedside. And how do those two things actually truly work together? And so I've seen the difference of those who really have high-functioning informatics teams and those who have not. And so I, I think it's a worthy investment area. That's exceptional insights, quite frankly. Uh, I like the bridge, right? I mean, that's kind of a good metaphor because there are technology languages and there are medical languages and your trained and skilled informatics person really has the ability to bridge those two worlds and those two languages and make the complex understandable, which I think is really, really important. And you're absolutely right. It shows when it is done well, uh, informatics, and when it's you know properly administered, the results are, are night and day for when things don't go as well because you have that lack of informatic skills and expertise. 
it's going to be an action-packed show, needless to say, when we bring on some informatics specialists. So looking very much forward to that in the future. Uh, we have some great shows planned. And for sure, we're going to be you know, bringing them periodically here. Very excited for the additional guests and content that's coming up. And um, I'd love to know, Dan, if you have any closing insights for our audience here today. Sure. You know, I think I'll kind of conclude with a bit of a summation of the, the conversation we had. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, the kind of intersection of, of people, process, and technology, right? It's not just about the, the whiz-bang of the technology, but how it's really applied, used, and embodied on any given day. And, you know, I might even add to that, you know, strategy around technology and organizational will. And, you know, what I mean by that is some technology initiatives are really, really hard to achieve, but they're still worth pursuing. And so that leadership and that organizational will to, to set a course, lead your group and your colleagues through it and achieve, you know, achieve that vision, achieve those goals, establish that new way of doing things is, is so pivotal. So what I'm hoping we'll do is we mentioned at the top sort of a diverse group of people talk, having a conversation with us, right? And I'm, I'm hoping that that holistic set of experiences gets a little bit some of that organizational will attribute of, of how do you truly advance technology so it makes a difference. So I think that's, uh, that's where I'll close things. Yeah, no question about that, Dan. And uh, you know, I really want to thank you for co-hosting today and sharing your insights with our audience. Uh, it was a real pleasure. You know, we plan to end every guest segment on the show with this same question. So today it's your turn. And that is you have unimaginable amounts of money to spend on healthcare technology and virtually no regulations to adhere to. Oh, utopia. What is your top priority and why? For me, I think the top priority I would have under the under that context, that 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 dream scenario, Danny, is to get to that next generation of EHR technology, to get to it where the the EHR is really working more for our clinicians and patients and less our clinicians working for the EHR. I still don't think we're there yet. I still think we're reaching for it and we're we're making incremental improvements and the vendors are making incremental improvements and the health systems are making incremental improvements, but it's still not what I think any of us want when we envision a interoperable, easy to use clinician and patient centered electronic health record system, right? I, I don't think we're there. So if, if I said, I don't need to worry about payers, I don't need to worry about regulatory. I've got a unlimited budget. You know, I'd invest there because happier doctors focused on care, getting information provided to them the way they wanted to, engaging with the patient in a meaningful way, seeing the patient's story in a little more holistic manner. Um, to me, that would make a big difference in, I think, the day-to-day -day of, of healthcare. You know, there are many places we could spend that money, but if you, if you peg me down to peg, you know, pick one, that's what I'd pick today. I love that answer. Um, can't say that my answer would be a whole lot different than that, but I'm not going to add to it today because I think you, uh, you knocked it out of the park, so to speak. So, Dan, once again, thank you so much for being on the program today. Greatly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks for sharing your insights. Danny, thank you for hosting this podcast. I am excited and I continue to be. 
Excellent. Well, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google. Our next show will be coming soon, and we hope that you will tune in. For my co-host and special guest today, Dan Vogt, I'm Danny Burgess, and you've been listening to Barry Dunn's Healthcare Technology Insights. Thank you for listening. Be well and stay insightful.